Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 178. Hey, my riches. This is Hayut. It's a new week, and I'm so happy to be here with you. As an entrepreneur, you have to be so okay with failure because you are failing every single day. The person who said that is Jeremy Parker, my guest today. Jeremy is the co-founder and CEO of Swag.com that in four years managed to become number 218 of the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the U.S., worked with more than 5,000 customers, including Facebook, Google, Amazon, Netflix, Spotify, and TikTok, and named one of the 40 under 40 raising business stars by Queens, New York. Before I introduce you to Jeremy Parker, I invite you to visit richomis.com where you can find the show notes of this interview as well as more than 160 interviews with incredible successful entrepreneurs. And I invite you to join my Facebook groups, Women Entrepreneurs Starting Out and Entrepreneurial Business Success. Jeremy Parker is an award-winning documentary filmmaker and serial entrepreneur. He is the co-founder and CEO of Swag.com, the best place for companies to buy quality promotional products that you will actually want to keep. Swag.com works with more than 5,000 companies, including Facebook, Google, Amazon, Netflix, Spotify, and TikTok. They are the number 218 on the 2020 Inc. 500 fastest-growing companies in the U.S., and Jeremy was also named by Cranes New York as one of the 40 under 40. Jeremy Parker, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. How's it going? Thanks so much for having me. It's going fantastic, and I'm very happy you are here with me today. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? So, obviously, I'm working on swag.com. <laughs> we are the place for companies to buy quality promotional products that people will actually want to keep. We've launched this business early 2016, and we are the fastest-growing promotional product company in the country. We were just named the number 218 fastest-growing companies in the U.S. by the Inc. 5000. So wow. we're really excited where we're going. And our main passion at this point is taking the easy and you know, streamlined buying experience that we've developed to now allowing companies not only to buy swag, but also to distribute swag and send swag to all remote addresses. Especially with this pandemic, everyone is feeling so disconnected. And we have a platform that really allows people to be more connected than ever. So our swag.com e-commerce experience and now automating distribution of swag. Tell us a bit about the platform. What is that? What is the difference? Why are you so excited about that? 
Sure. So the regular e-commerce experience that we started four years ago, the intention that we built was really trying to focus on today's buyers, the millennial, people who want things to be completely streamlined, automated. So on our site, every single thing is fully automated and curated. So we're not going to overwhelm you with too many options. We give you the top 25 products in each category, top 25 mugs, top 25 water bottles and pens and notebooks, making it really easy for customers to find what they're looking for, design it and buy it. And we've really done an amazing job of curating the experience and streamlining it. But then a lot of our customers kept asking us, instead of shipping all the swag that you, that you produce for us to our office or to one address, it would be really amazing if you could hold the swag inventory, think of it as like an online swag closet, where they then could easily distribute swag to remote addresses. So we've been spending the last two years really developing this platform to make it super simple from buying swag on our site, clicking a button, hold my stuff in inventory, to now adding it to this online presence. So now you could have all of your notebooks and your t-shirts and your water bottles, and you can manage your inventory in real time. And whenever you're running low in swag, we'll send you smart notifications to restock. If you want to send a mug to a thousand different addresses, simply upload your CSV file. We'll calculate your shipping costs in real time. You pay for the fees and we'll ship it globally all over the world. If you're, let's say, a marketing person and you have an event, you have all these people's email address and all of their names, but you don't know where they live, you don't know what t-shirt size they are, we've developed our swag you know, giveaway feature that allows companies to create a recipient branded landing page fully wow. custom to the customer's brand, like a Facebook landing page, a Microsoft, et cetera, where they could blast this out to whoever they want and the person will get, be able to click on a link, select the product, select what t-shirt size they are, input their address, it all speaks to our system and we can distribute it. So right now when no one has an office, everyone is so disconnected, our feeling is our swag distribution platform is really gonna be useful to allow people to connect with the remote employees and keep that company culture thriving even when no one's in the office. So actually from being just an online platform, mm -hmm. today you are dealing with logistic Israel, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Wow. We initially started as an online platform, e-commerce, then it became a swag distribution platform. Every single thing is automated. We have you know, north of 5,000 companies that are using our platform. You know, anyone from Facebook wow. and Google and Amazon and Netflix and Spotify and TikTok to smaller startups. You know, we have a platform that really scales with the customer. And oftentimes we have customers that, you know, join us as a 50 person team. And then four years later, they have over a thousand employees. So we have a lot of, you know, and, and the platform itself scales with them. So it's really, we, we are helping all different types of businesses. Wow. And tell me, how did it all start? How did your entrepreneurial journey start? And how did Swag start? Sure. So my entrepreneurial journey started, I was actually a filmmaker. It doesn't really sound oh. an entrepreneur, but filmmaker, I learned it's a lot of stuff that goes into making movies. When I was a, uh, I went to college for film production. I went to Boston University and I made a feature length documentary with my brother that ended up winning the audience award at the 2006 Vail Film Festival, which is a okay. wow. film festival. And after I won this award, it was a very kind of interesting moment I had. I went to this like the tent where all the filmmakers were there and in the, in the tent, it was like one side of the room was like these major celebrities that I'm sure you've heard of. And then the other side of the tent was people who are, you know, struggling filmmakers. And I had to kind of look at myself and, and think about, am I this good? Because there's kind of, there's such a, a wide divergence of possibilities when you're a filmmaker, you know, you either really, really make it or you really don't. And I figured that I was thinking of, do I really want to be a filmmaker for life? Is it my passion? And it was never really my passion. It was just something I found to be interesting and fun. Um, and I ultimately decided, 
well, let me see what I'm good at in terms of a business. So after college, right after I graduated college, I started my first business. I had no business experience, no business knowledge. I didn't even know what I was good at or what I liked or what I enjoyed. And I thought, what would be a better business to start than just a t-shirt company? You know, because when you start a t-shirt company, it sounds like something simple, but you're learning how to manufacture and you're learning how to build a website and you're learning how to do marketing and PR and customer service and all these different aspects of business from something very simple. And I started a t-shirt company and I learned kind of what I liked and what I enjoyed about it. And it set me on this path of really trying to constantly try to refine my skill set and get better and better at what I'm good at. And ultimately what I became good at was user experience design and branding. That's what I really started to feel in love with. Um, so all the businesses from that point on to where I am now have all been really focused on building a really strong brand, building a really great experience, and giving customers the best experience possible. Hmm. And how did Swag start? Yeah, we started Swag in 2016 in January, so approaching five years now. My background yeah. also, after that first t-shirt company, I, I ended up working for this bigger company called MV Sport. Um, MV Sport is one of the largest players in the promotional product space. So I was introduced to the promotional product space when I was 22 years old. I'm 35 years old now, so a while ago. And mm -hmm. I learned about the production, the manufacturing side of the business. And But what, one thing kind of always stuck out at me is that the process was done very manually. When you made sales, it was all about catalogs and presentation decks and phone calls to close sales or back and forth emails. It was a very manual process. And from my experience of shopping, it was always like really focused on online. I didn't really want to speak to people when I purchased. I wanted sure. to align my experience. So over the last 10 years, I kept a really close eye in the promotional product space. And I realized that the industry is getting bigger and bigger, and, but the buyer changed. The buyer is now millennial. And the buyer wants to do things right now that did very differently than the buyers of the past. But the, the platforms itself were not built for today's buyers. So that was kind of the aha moment of, What if we went out and built the really great experience, a really great platform, only offered curated products, made it really easy for our customers to find what they're looking for, design it, and buy it in a matter of seconds, and really try to go after today's current buyer? So that was kind of the, the initial idea for Swag and what our first kind of um, entry point to the business was. And obviously, the business changes and we adapt and we learn from our customers. You know, sure. the beginning, the first year, we didn't build any platform. It was really just about learning. So our first customers were all kind of like our teachers in many ways. Like we wanted to learn what platform they would want us to build. And as having tons of conversations with them, not only were we able to make sales, but we able to like learn as much as possible. And really that knowledge in the beginning really kind of gave us the kind of shining light of what kind of platform we should be building. Hmm. Jamie, what would be your best advice to any of our listeners, any entrepreneur that listen to us right now? regarding entrepreneurship and regarding customer focus, marketing and sales? I think there's, you know, for, for an entrepreneur, I think consistency is key. You know, it's, entrepreneurship is not like, a, you're not going to become successful from having one good day, right? You're not going to become successful mm -hmm. from two good days. It takes consistency. It takes every single day working really hard for a specific goal. And you might not be having the best days every day, and it would be crazy if you did have great days every day, but it's mm -hmm. staying in the game, constantly pushing forward, constantly trying to learn from your customers to build the right platform. Don't always think that you have the right answers. I always say to you know, my friends who are trying to start a business and they're asking me questions, I always say, just start. You know, the idea you have right now is most likely not going to be the idea that will ultimately end up being the winner. 
right? So just get going, put your foot, start the process, start to learn from your customers and adapt and just really be open-minded to listening to your customers on what the right platform is. That's what you said that you started doing, actually. You just listen and learn from your customers at the beginning. Exactly right. It's fantastic. You've got successes. We um, heard a bit about that and we'll hear about that in a minute. But I want to ask you what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? That's a good question. You know, I think I'm never satisfied in terms of customer success. You know, that's kind of the most important thing. And I always tell my customer success team that they have the most important job. They are the face of our business. They're, you know, if, if we get, if we delay a product by accident, you know, something goes wrong with the machinery, something goes wrong with the production. It's, 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 if we give them a great experience, if we are upfront with them, with the customer, if we tell them, if we, you know, don't surprise them with things, if we go above and beyond to make the experience great, they're going to leave, even though we didn't necessarily do our goal of delivering the product on the exact day that they wanted to, they're still going to leave, you know, feeling happy and wanting to work with us again. So customer success to me is everything with the business, you know, even on our website, we say customer obsessed. That's what we like to think of Swagger, mm. customer obsessed, um, because we wouldn't be where we are without our customers. You know, we're a startup. Most startups cannot just spend tons and tons of money and keep acquiring customers. You need to have your customers not only buy once, but buy many times. That's the only way you're going to have a really scalable business. And also we need our customers to frankly promote this to, to their friends and to other companies. That's the real way we're going to really grow. And we've been very fortunate with that, that we've been able to really scale and build a great customer base. But it's all about learning from the customer experience. If we do something wrong, we learn from it. So we don't make the same mistake twice. I want a story. I want a particular story and you don't have to mention names. <laughs> okay, well, well, there's a one customer early on in Swag that I'll tell, I'll tell you a story specifically that we, we had to do. We had a customer who had a big event in New York City. This is very early, our, early on in the In the journey of swag.com it was mid 2016 so really like four months into the business they had a huge mm-hmm. event we were supposed to do like a five thousand dollar order for them that we need to get delivered to new york city and the screen yeah. printer in the embroidery facility that we were working with at the time completely failed us you know we were very early we didn't necessarily know who were the right suppliers and that's a learning experience that we had to go through um to really figure out who are the right suppliers that we should be working with and obviously this was not one of the right ones but you kind of break some eggs. And this one completely dropped the ball. Their machinery was broken. We showed up at the facility to pick up the stuff because they weren't responding to our emails. And we realized that we were not going to get this done, right? It was not going to happen. We're going to miss this event. It was one of our earliest, best customers. It's a huge event. We didn't want to disappoint the customer. So what did we do? We ultimately had to grab all the products off of the conveyor belt because it was not getting done. The machines weren't broken. It wasn't the quality that we wanted to set forth. We ended up driving around the neighborhood, looking up other screen printers and embroidery facilities in the local area. Okay? This is literally three hours before the event. Usually these, these, such a big order, it takes a lot longer time. You have to be in the pipeline for you know, weeks. We ended up finding a, plot, a company. We ended up renting out their entire facility for the day, literally paid them. We lost money on the deal, 100%. We ended up paying them so much money to shut down the facility so that they would focus on ours because we had to make sure the experience for the customer was great. The customers didn't see all this craziness in the back end, but we wanted them to have a great experience. We ended up printing it. We then ended up putting the products in an Uber and sent it for like a two hour drive from where we were 
to their event and it got to their event on time. So just going wow. crazy above and beyond for the customer. And I think that's really important. And it taught us a couple of things. Obviously it taught us we should never be working with suppliers who can't, who can't do what they say. Um, so our kind of filtering process and our testing process of what suppliers we use was very important. You know, a big part of my experience with giving the customer a great experience is making the right product. A lot of it has to do with product, building the right platform, the right experience for the customers, make having the right suppliers, the right quality, all those different things that over the last four years we really refined. That is a big part of customer service. And then there's all these things that are just completely out of your hands. You know, something could go wrong, a machine could break, and then just taking it and going above and beyond and saying, you know what, this is gonna be challenging, this is not ideal, but we have to make sure the customer has the best experience possible, and we're willing to lose money on this deal. We're willing to lose money, we're willing to go above and beyond because at the end of the day, it's all about the customer experience. Wow, and that proves it. And now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers. Something, well, I think, as I said, this past story about the, the thing that we messed up on is actually the thing that was the best For example, I had this nurse story actually mm-hmm. we think about. Um, I was in Chicago with my co-founder. We were part of this uh, tech program called Techstars. It's like an incubator program in Chicago. And I get a call. So we were doing an event for the governor of New York, the New York State governor. And we had to do, t- um, it was specific like I Love New York hats, like that logo, the famous logo. And we were doing I Love New York hats that the governor was supposed to wear the hat in the morning on a news broadcast. That was kind of like the whole point of it. Um, he was supposed to be public. He was doing something that was public and he wanted to wear this I Love New York hat. And everything was 100% perfect. Everything was fine. I get a call at eight o'clock at night. I'm in Chicago, I'm not even in the area. And I get a call from my old office building in New York City saying that they delivered a box for us. And I had no idea what was happening because the, the event was upstate New York. It was about a nine hour drive from New York City. <laughs> I'm getting a call from my office in Manhattan saying that we have these boxes. I don't know what they are. So I asked them, can, hey, can you open up the box? I would love to know what got sent to you guys. And it was these hats that we were obviously waiting on. It had to be delivered nine hours away. Wow. So it was very challenging. So obviously everyone was saying, like, what are you going to possibly do? It's nine o'clock at night. You're not even in the same state. How is that possible? So what I did is I posted on all my social media, on Twitter. I kept calling my friends. I said, is anyone up for driving nine hours tonight? This is at nine o'clock at night on a Sunday night. It's not like <laughs> find somebody. My cousin, who is, I don't know how we pulled this off, knew somebody who would be willing to drive nine hours each way to make this delivery, and we ended up having somebody pick up the package at 11 o'clock at night and drive it and deliver it by the morning time. The guy was driving throughout the whole night and was able to get the products to the customer on time. The customer had no clue any of this stuff happened. <laughs> it cost us a ton of money. It was completely not our fault. It was 100% a USBS fault. It was a pack. It was a shipping fault. But... It doesn't matter whose fault it is. It's about making sure the customer has the best experience possible. So I was really proud of that. And I think just taking that m- mentality across everything, every order, whether it's easy and it's simple or it's complicated or something that happens at complete out of your control, like um, a machine breaks or somebody ships it to the wrong location or somebody ships it to the wrong address, it's all your fault as a business owner. So you have to figure out the best way to resolve it. And we were lucky enough to make it resolved without having to do anything extra. Right? But sometimes mm-hmm. there's not just something that things that completely out of your control, right? But then you have to give the experience to the customer that they don't feel like they got screwed. You know, you want to make them feel always leaving you like they had an amazing experience, even if it wasn't the best experience. 
Wow, and I think it's the first time and we are 178 episodes today. And I think this is the first time that the failure story is exactly the same as the success story. And I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Can you please recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that related to customer focus, marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and helps you succeed and might help other entrepreneurs um, succeed as well. Sure. I think for us, we are a, a interesting, we're a B2B platform, right? We only sell to businesses, small businesses, yeah. business, global businesses. But we've, we're also at the same time an e-commerce platform at the end of the day. That's like our first and foremost business. So for the last four years, what's been really helpful for us is Intercom. Intercom is a platform that you can integrate into your site and it's like a live chat feature. Um, most people who do B2B you know, rely heavily on emails or phone calls to close sales. We wanted to make it a little bit more, it's kind of weird to say, but more personal, a little bit more, a little quicker so that people can get in touch with people instantaneously. So when they're on our site, they could just chat in and we have somebody who responds within five seconds, literally chat in, you ask a question within five seconds, we'll have a customer service rep respond right away and either help them out. And if it's something that needs to be on the phone call, then we'll jump on the phone call with them right away. So I think having intercom has been our best tool in terms of our e-commerce site. As we've scaled the business and as we've become more of a traditional B2B platform and doing these longer term sales cycles and swag distribution and portals and more of like a bigger kind of spend and budget, um, we've really kind of kind of relied on HubSpot. HubSpot has been super helpful in mm. managing those leads, converting those leads, but even more than just managing as a CRM, but also automating you know, automating certain interactions and sequences so that we can keep in touch with engage with our customers or potential customers until they go through the pipeline and convert. So I think to me, it's, it's intercom and HubSpot have been our biggest tools at this point. It's very interesting because actually HubSpot is all about, as you said, automation mm-hmm. and intercom is all about the personal yep. true voice, isn't it? Yep, exactly right. Hmm. What was the point that you felt that you stopped chasing after your customers and you started to attract them and they started to come? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's actually, I know this very well because when we started the business, obviously you have no customers, you have no credibility, no one knows you, et cetera. So mine and Josh, my co-founder's strategy from day one was Let's get some big name customers. A lot of times people start a business business and they, they start with a smaller customer and they want to work their way up to the bigger customers. That's, that seems like a normal um, path. You know, you have to prove your, yourself and grow. We took a completely opposite approach. We went from the top, top, top customers of the world, the Facebooks of the world. And then we worked our way down. Our feeling was if we could attract Facebook, Google, WeWork, all these big companies to start. You know, really that would allow us to get the smaller companies to be like, oh, swag.com works with Facebook. Clearly they can work with me. You know, we changed kind of the model um, of what we were going after. So in the very beginning of the business, we had no website. We just had the swag.com domain name. We had a landing page. Me and my co-founder really showed up at different offices all throughout New York City. We were like traveling salesmen. We knocked on doors. We went up and down WeWorks, meeting with all the different startup founders and different startups trying to make as many sales. Our first company that we sold to ever was Facebook. We literally had 
friend who worked at Facebook, who got us in the building. And ultimately we walked around the Facebook office talking to like 15, 20 people asking who does swag. Cause there's so many, so many different buyers within Facebook who do swag, <laughs> ultimately finding a person who needed t-shirts at the exact moment. We gave them the best deal possible. We didn't really care about making money whatsoever. I just wanted to get that Facebook logo, right? That was my sure. first. The next week or the next couple of days, I don't remember exactly, we went and got WeWork. WeWork was our second best customer, second second customer ever. And when WeWork asked us who else we work with, we said Facebook. And I assume they probably thought we worked with tons of other companies, but really it was just Facebook. And we, <laughs> and we did this and we got around five blue chip companies, Bravo TV, all these different companies to be buying from us. And then things started to shift because once we had those row of logos, then we could say, okay, you know what? Now we know that when people land on this landing page, we have a better shot of converting and it really worked. We started still reaching out to them the first year through LinkedIn, through emails, through knocking on their doors, through showing up unannounced, ultimately getting enough business in the door that and enough kind of conversations. Cause really in the first year is all about having as many conversations as possible. So we could learn what the right platform to build is listening to our customers. And then even if they didn't want to work with us, let's say we didn't have the platform for them and we didn't in the beginning, but at least tell us what the platform that they would like to use in the future. So that ultimately we could build them the right platform. And that was just the first year of really outbound outreach. And then it transitioned to completely inbound at 2017, when we launched our first version of the site, we did not make any more sales calls. I haven't made a sales call in four years at this point. Wow. All of the sales that we do are completely inbound. We actually just hired our first director of sales who started this Monday. So up until this point, we did, you know, 7 million in sales last year. We had zero salespeople. It's completely inbound. Mm -hmm. It's all automated. It's all our site acting as our ultimate sales engine. Wow. You know, there are many factors that affect one's success, but I do believe that for each of us, there is one thing that really affects our success and help us to win. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Yeah, I think that's a, you know, it's a good question. I mean, for me, I was never the best student, you know, growing up. Um, work, schoolwork <laughs> was definitely not easy. It was, it was a very much of a challenge. So I always had to work harder and harder um, to get the same results of all my friends. So I was already, you know, okay with failure. I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be so okay with failure. You're, you're, you're failing every single day, whether it's a big failure, you don't close that funding round, you don't close that customer, or you know, the site's not working 100% right. But being okay with the failure is really kind of the superpower. It kind of makes me um, have the ability to succeed in such a way that ne I never fear anything. There's no fear. In any, any hmm. And I think it's it, for me personally, it was the fact that things were so hard for me growing up and it ultimately things became a lot easier, but it became a lot easier once I actually knew what I wanted to do. And when I actually went after things that were frankly, I was good at, you know, so you have some small wins, you start building your confidence up, but at the end of the day, you're okay with failure because you're trained to. And I think as entrepreneurs, if everything came easy to you, I think that's I would imagine it's very hard for people to be successful entrepreneurs if in life everything was came easy to them. Because once they are hit in the face with something challenging or hard, and entrepreneurship is hard. It's not an overnight thing. That's why I said in the very beginning, it's it's about consistency. It's about pushing through. It's about having better days than worse days. You know, as long as you're able to keep pushing through and keep going after your goal, you're ultimately gonna get there. You know, many people are not gonna be able to do it. And, and hmm. if you're able to do it, you're gonna be setting yourself apart in many ways. It's a beautiful story. 
It is really because we like to talk about successes all the time. I love that very much. My last question before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you. My last question is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining the journey of marketing for years as climbing a mountain. And then when I established my company 13 years ago and started to work on entrepreneurial marketing, I realized that being an entrepreneur is even a higher mountain to climb. So at some point I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And you can talk about the physical mountain as well as the metaphor. Yeah, well, definitely physical mountain. I, uh, I love climbing. I love being outdoors in nature. A part of my day every single morning is honestly, I walk for six miles. And that's not a mountain because I live in New York City. So <laughs> but I, I dream of one day, you know, being able to be in a place where I could climb. You know, I go many weekends with friends, with my wife. You know, we go to Bear Mountain, we're, we're climbing up. And I think the metaphor aspect of it is not just like, a, obviously climbing mountains is a, a more physical pursuit. It clears your head. As an entrepreneur, you always have to, your brain is always working about the business and how to fix the business. And sometimes it's, it's easy just to clear your head. And that's why working out, I think, is super important uh, for entrepreneurs because it's kind of that time where you can kind of focus on something completely different than your brain. Right? It's about really focusing on your muscles and fitness and health. For me, when I'm climbing mountains, you always finally get to the top, hopefully, um, and then <laughs> more. Right? And I think it's very similar to being an entrepreneur. Like you get to a certain place and you, a place that you never would have dreamed of. You know, for me personally, Swag.com when I started four and a half years ago, it was a dream to become on the Inc. 5000. Right? That was a dream sure. that every entrepreneur trying to build one of the fast, fastest 5,000 growing companies in the US, right? That was a big dream. Definitely. We ultimately became on the Inc. 500, the top 280 hmm. fastest growing companies. And now that I'm here, it's interesting. I mean, it's, 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 it's exciting, but it, it's really meaningless, really, at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's a nice thing for the team because it shows that all of our hard work, but it's not where we want to be. You know, ultimately, we want to get to the next level and to grow bigger and better. And I think that's just the same thing with, you know, with physical pursuits as, all, as well as internal pursuits as an entrepreneur, you're never satisfied. And I think that's, I think that's, it sounds crazy, but it, I think it's actually healthy as an entrepreneur to never be satisfied and always want more. Hmm, beautiful. I love that. Jamie, what would be the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? Yeah, so I think the best way to connect with me is uh, through LinkedIn. You can reach out to me at Jer Jeremy Parker. You can find me very easily on swag.com or obviously come and reach out to our site, swag.com. That's S-W-A-G.com. And obviously we would love to work with you, help you out with your swag orders. Um, and yeah, that's really it. I think, you know, if you have any needs in terms of sending swag to remote employees, sending swag to your best customers, if you're doing an event, a marketing event, and you want to humanize the virtual event, we can help you out with all these things. So we would love to work with you guys. Hmm. And we will have all of these links in the show notes of this interview. Jeremy, I would like to thank you. Such an original answers and I loved it. Thank you so much for this interview. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure. It was a pleasure and I look forward to continue the conversation. Have a great day and take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm,
And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.